There are things happening around the world, and we should probably know about them. Because sometimes in this country, we get stuck in this little bu bubble. Joe Biden is on the campaign trail six days before the election. Turns out we should have stayed at home. And the vi a viral article asks for amnesty from all of us conspiracy theory nuts concerning the China virus. When it turns out everything we said was true. Let's go over that article. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, let's get to some news because you know something? Here's something wild and crazy. There's like an entire world going on out there, and we seem to be ignoring a lot of it. So, according to the Wall Street Journal, Saudi Arabia has shared intelligence with the U.S. warning of an imminent attack from Iran on targets in the kingdom, putting the American military and others in the Middle East on an elevated alert level, said Saudi and U.S. officials. In response to the warning, Saudi Arabia, the U.S., and several other neighboring states have raised the level of alert for their military forces, the officials said. They did provide any more detail on the Saudi intelligence. So there you have it. You got to remember this. Uh, Iran is in trouble. The leadership is in trouble in Iran. The Ayatollah, the Revolutionary Guard, they're getting old and they're becoming weak and the people are, are rioting. They're still rioting over in Iran, believe it or not. You won't hear much about that, but it is happening over there. And one of the ways that dictatorships or ty tyrannical governments go out and try and gin up fake patriotism is by attacking who they deem as uh, threats to their way of life. So, yes, this is probably going to happen. Something's going to happen. Uh, I'm still waiting for Israel to hurt them more. So we'll have to see what's going to happen. Again, not a lot of information on this. Luis Ignacio Lula has defeated Jair Bolsonaro to become president of Brazil. Now, this is a huge thing. Lula is a Hugo Chavez socialist. You might even say, well, if I see Hugo Chavez socialist, it means he's a flat-out communist and wannabe dictator. Uh, Lula has also, surprisingly, served time in prison for money laundering and corruption. Of course, Lula said that he didn't actually do anything. It was a political, it was a political thing that threw him in, in prison. But the guy has always been rather shady. Bolsonaro is contesting their election. He lost by less than 1%. Uh, and this is really a problem, from, a problem for Brazil. Both sides have started riots throughout the country, a lot of looting, a lot of shutting, shutting down of, of high, uh, highways and freeways. It's an absolute mess over there. Though Bolsonaro did say, did say that he would concede power, he would give up his power. Now, the only good news is Bolsonaro has enough support in that country not to allow Lula to probably destroy the country like Hugo Chavez did with uh, Venezuela. We're, we're going to have to see. I am a little iffy on that. I think Lula is an extremely dangerous and extremely corrupt man. And I can't believe that those people actually voted for this guy. 
Lula is running for the Workers' Party. He believes in high taxes. He believes in high, uh, a lots of giving lots of money away, redistribution essentially, pretty much like our government thinks. But Brazil right now is going through just a terrible, t- terrible time. Speaking of <coughs> being elected into leadership. Benjamin Netanyahu is going to be Prime Minister of Israel again. He's already the longest-running Prime Minister. But this time, things are going to be a little bit different. He also gained 65 seats in the Knesset, or what that's what they call their parliament. That's important. For the first time, he's actually going to be able to lead, and Israel might not have to have an election for a couple of weeks. Now, it's funny. They do things very differently over there. What happens is there's there's a bunch of different parties. And what the prime minister tries to do is create a, a majority in the Knesset. And then once there is a majority in the Knesset, he can rule. So this time, Net- Netanyahu finally did get a majority in the Knesset. So now, and every time they don't have, the prime minister doesn't have a majority in the Knesset, there isn't a work, what's quote, a working government, end quote, so things don't get done, and they end up having another election. I believe this is the third election they've had this year. I mean, they're constantly having elections in Israel. If you think, if you're tired of the elections you're having in this country, and we have one every two years, sometimes once a year, then you would not like living in Israel because they have every 20, 30 minutes, they've got a new election to figure out who the prime minister is, who's going to rule, things like that. Now, the last uh, uh, majority in the Knesset, the groups, the different groups, like we have Republicans and Democrats, they've got dozens of those groups. They're not a two-party system. Um, All those groups couldn't get together. So the guy who was in the who was the prime minister as of last week, he really couldn't do anything because no one agreed. So they got together, they formed this union. I mean, there's a group of <laughs> I'm not kidding. There's a group of Arabs in the Knesset. They're a very small minority, but they they are for the destruction of Israel. So you actually have a political party in Israel that believes in the destruction of Israel. It's weird over there. But Netanyahu is back, which you know Biden is probably all upset about that because he can't stand Biden. And Elon Musk made an announcement that the monthly fee for Twitter, if you wanted your little blue check mark, would be $8 a month, not 20 So <laughs> that's actually not bad. Now, it's pissed off AOC. She tweeted... LMAO, laughing my ass off, at a billionaire earnestly trying to sell people the on the idea of, quote, free speech, end quote, is actually an $8 a month subscription plan. Yes, so? <laughs> if, she, if she doesn't like it, maybe I will get my blue check mark next to my name. I don't know. For eight bucks a month, it's not that bad. Okay, <clears throat> we've got six days until the election. So everybody is out there right now. President Obama is out there. All the senators are out there. All the governors that are running are out there. Uh, Former President Clinton is out there. 
Uh, and so's Joe Biden. But here's the problem. For most of these guys, it probably would be easier if they had stayed home. And the reason is uh, their ideas are bad. They won't debate. And every time they get asked, the first thing they ask is, are you going to debate or why didn't you debate? And then some are just mentally deficient. Here's John Fetterman on CNN yesterday, for example. Um, I guess discussing inflation? I don't know what he's actually talking about. Don Lemon, I, I, I tell you, I don't know how the guy keeps a straight face while he's while they're talking about this. So listen to Fetterman's answer. I mean, this guy has no business running for uh, with his mental uh, his brain damage, he has no, and I'm being serious about that, he has no business running for senator. Let's listen to what he had to say. Well, let's talk about inflation because that's a big concern for voters. What do you think the biggest cause of inflation is? And, and should the Biden administration be doing more? No, I, I just do. I, I think the, uh, that simply is also, we have this talk about the trillions in, in massive tax uh, tax uh, cuts to the corporate uh, tax uh, structure as well. True, you know, trillions of dollars that have added to the deficit, and and now th they still want to support those as well. True, I think in terms of being very serious about uh, addressing inflation is is making sure that those rates are brought back into a line with what they they should have been, uh, where they're able to uh, fight uh, the, the 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 deficit. Got that. Yeah, I I know. His brain damage is really showing, and I don't believe he's helping himself by doing these interviews and other appearances because it's almost on a daily basis that he makes these just illogical, untranslatable statements. He does it all the time. Mehmet Oz has, has already passed him. I think he's up. Last I checked, he was up by five points on the guy. Um, why this guy is not, why Oz is not beating this guy like a dead horse, I, I have no idea. It makes no sense to me that people actually still want to vote for this moron. Um, it, it's pretty bad. But it isn't just Fetterman who should keep himself in the basement. Joe Biden is also hitting the campaign trail. He's cruising all over the country making speeches, which is giving me a lot of sound bites because he can't say words anymore. He did a speech with for Debbie Wasserman Schultz in Florida. The speech turned out to be an absolute disaster. It had it had so many glitches and gaffes that I found this little makeup from Town Hall. Uh, dot com that showed every one of his mess ups yesterday, and I think they even left a couple of them out. But I'm sure Debbie Wasserman Schultz wasn't thrilled to have him. Guess what? The people at her rally were also not thrilled to see him, and it made Wasserman Schultz kind of anxious, and she started trying to push the crowd that the president was there. Uh, let's listen to her introduction of, of the president yesterday. You want to improve people's lives? I bet some people in here want to improve people's lives. Are you with me? Okay. Come on, people, let's wake up. We got the president of the United States in the house. Come on now. I know you got a little more energy than, than, than I hear. Okay, thank you very much. That's the crowd I know. Those are the people I represent. Okay. Just wanted to make sure you were still here. 
Yeah, it is always a bad look when you have a rally for your election with the President of the United States and no one seems to care. No one's cheering, no one's really happy, and they know it's going to get bad. By the way, the music in the background, that's from Town Hall. So I, I just used this clip and just cut it up a little bit. But it did get worse. It did get worse. It got worse because Joe Biden started talking. Uh, it was, oh my Lord. Um, it didn't take too long before Joe Biden started showing his senility. Like, in the introduction to his speech, he sounded gone. Let's listen to his introduction here. And so she was one of my biggest, biggest supporters in helping me not only pass, but draft and move some of the legislation we're going to talk about today, a couple pieces of it. And uh, I don't have a greater friend in the United States Senate, and I don't have a greater friend when I was vice president, nor as president. So, Debbie, thank you, kiddo. I don't know where you're sitting, but... This was the start of the speech, and he already screwed up. Debbie Wasserman Schultz has never been in the Senate. She's actually running again for a House seat. Uh, here he is screwing up the acronym for FEMA, which is kind of a surprise considering he just gave them millions of dollars for the for uh, the hurricane. And FEMA, Federal Emergency Management Assistance, is going door to door to reach people as well. FEMA stands for the Federal Emergency Management Agency. I mean, he <laughs> he was searching for that word. But FEMA was really necessary. That's why it's kind of surprised he didn't know who they were. Um, there was that hurricane in Florida last month. Hey, Joe, what's the, what was the name of that hurricane? Last time I was in Florida was almost a month ago because of Hurricane Ivan. Ion, excuse me. It wasn't Hurricane Ivan or Hurricane Ion. It was Hurricane Ian. Biden always needs to bring up his dead son and everything, too. And what better time to bring up his dead son than when talking about inflation and then screwing up what war we're in or not in or whatever. So, yeah, I, I all over the place, this guy. Listen to this one. This is this is a great one. And they talk about inflation. You know, we're dealing with that for a whole second. Inflation is a worldwide problem right now because of a war in Iraq and the impact on oil and what Russia's doing. I mean, excuse me, the war in, in Ukraine. And uh, I think of Iraq because that's where my son died. The, uh, because he died. I, he doesn't even know where we're, where there's a war. And by the way, we're not even in that war. And by the way, no, we don't have the lowest inflation in the world. That's None of that is true. And his son did not die of a, in Iraq. His, we, this is the se second time, second or third time he said that his son died in Iraq. His son did not die in Iraq. His son died in Maryland of a brain tumor. But he always brings up his dead son, especially when he's talking about something that he really doesn't have an answer for. He does this almost every speech. Uh, he's speaking tonight. I think he's probably going to bring up his son at least once. Um, I, it's probably just to gin up sympathy. It's really cynical, and it's really, it's really cynical. I do notice that he never brings up Hunter, but he always brings up his son, Bo. That's got to really be something. So he continues on 
with inflation. He continues on with the subject of inflation. I, you know, I have the bad reputation of Biden's not partisan enough. Well, in this one, I'm partisan. That they're, uh, you know, that's why it's up. We have the lowest inflation rate of almost any major country in the world. Jeez. Not partisan enough? Really? He couldn't be any more partisan if he needed to be. And again, no, we do not have the lowest we do not have the lowest inflation in the world. Our inflation is it's lower than some countries, it's higher than a bunch of countries. I'm sorry, we had one point four percent inflation when he took office and now it's at eight point three or eight point four percent. So no, that's not true. And let, let me remind you of something, how we know it's not true. Yeah, the Fed today raised the interest rate again, another three quarters of a percent, taking it close to 4%. I don't know why the Fed just doesn't say, screw it. Jack that, uh, it, this is not going to be an easy landing. Jack the, the rate up to 6 7% and just get it over with. Because every month they're going to be raising that interest rate until it gets to 6 7%. Anyway... There, of course, there is uh, more on inflation, and at least I think this is actually a good thing. I'll tell you why in a second. That's what I call inflation. The end of the month, what you have left, you have no money. That's inflation. What's what do you? The things you need are they going up? <laughs> they are. They are. Well, it's refreshing that he at least admits that there, admits that there's inflation, and that things are going up. Um, but that's about it. I'd like to know what he's doing about it. At, at least he didn't blame anyone. Not yet. He will blame somebody later. Here he goes off on drug companies, but for some reason he can't seem to remember what they're selling. You know, we're, we're going to charge you. I'm making this up. We're going to charge you 10 cents per an aspirin. And you say, no, we're only going to pay five. Well, we're not going to sell it. You no problem. They're going to lose 50 billion maps aspirin or whatever the hell they sell. He couldn't remember what he had said in the beginning of the sentence. Whatever the hell they sell. He, he's just such a lazy politician. Hey, Joe, how about insulin? What do you think about insulin? How many of you know somebody with diabetes needs insulin? Well, guess what? And we when we... When, when we when Debbie and I passed this law, it included everybody, not just seniors. And so what happened was we said, okay, you know how much it costs to make that insulin drug for diabetes? Cost. It was invented by a man who did not patent it because he wanted it available for everyone. I spoke to him, okay? The guy who invented insulin died in 1935, one year before Joe Biden was born. The guy lies so bloody much Nobody facts check. No one fact checks him. He continues with the health care and pulls a Hillary Clinton by switching to kind of a fake Southern accent. Listen to this. A senator from Florida going after Medicare and Social Security. I tell you what, I don't know where, as they say in Southern, I don't know where y'all been. Hot damn, boy. I do want to point out that the term boy in the way he's using it is racist. It's what they used to call black people way back in the 30s. Um, the term is racist, and he uses it because I, I personally think he's a racist himself. But finally, to Debbie Wasserman Schultz's possible relief, the old man decides to end the speech 
But he's got to take one more shot at Republicans because, I don't know, they have no power, and but it's all their fault. So here goes, uh, here goes old Joe. We're the United States of America. No, I'm not joking. And there's nothing, nothing beyond our capacity if we set our mind together and work together. So God bless you all. God protect our troops. And God give some of our Republican friends some enlightenment. Thank you. He's not kidding that we're the United States of America. It's no joke. We are the United States of America. I had to check it out to make sure we're the United States of America. And those darn Republicans, may God somehow make them smarter because they're so dumb. Just a reminder, Democrats hold the House, the Senate, and the presidency. Uh, we are in the financial situation we are in, the financial, the economic situation, the unification problem, the polar problem, but the polar problem, the foreign policy disasters, all owned by Democrats. Republicans had nothing to do with any of it. They had no say. They tried to stop him from spending and... All they did was blame Republicans for, well, they don't have any ideas. That's the thing they keep pushing. And I'd love them to debate me. I'd love to debate one of these guys to tell them, oh, no, we have ideas. You guys just don't want to do them. At least he didn't blame Trump for any of this. He may have. <coughs> Excuse me. I didn't see the entire speech. Maybe he did. I don't know. Okay, so tonight Biden is going to make another speech from the Oval Office. I think in about five minutes he's going to be doing it so that should be interesting all right let's get to the third story now i've been wanting to read this 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 article has actually gone viral it is which is really amazing that an article has gone vi an article like this an op-ed like this has gone viral for like three days and the reason it's gone viral is it's so freaking asinine that this woman actually wrote this so the chick I wrote is named Emily Oster. Uh, she's an economist from Brown University. She wrote it, uh, this op-ed, to uh, for The Atlantic, which is a far left-wing uh, outlet. Um, it's called, get this, Let's Declare a Pandemic Amnesty. We need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVID. Um... <laughs> I don't need her forgiving me for anything with COVID. I didn't do anything wrong. And to be frank with you, she should be like apologizing. And I don't need to forgive anybody for what they did to us during COVID. But let's go through this article because it, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty neat. Um, okay. In April, 2020 with nothing else to do, my family took an enormous number of hikes we all wore cloth masks that I made myself. We had family hand signals, which the person in front would use if someone was approaching on the trail and we needed to put our masks, put on our masks. Once, when another child got too close to my four-year-old son on a bridge, he yelled at her, social distancing. Okay, this family already sounds really annoying. Okay, you're already training your kid to be a little asshole. Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> These precautions were totally misguided. 
In April 2020, no one got the coronavirus from passing someone else hiking. Outdoor transmission was vanishingly rare. Our cloth masks made out of old bandanas wouldn't have done anything anyway. But the thing is, we didn't know. No, actually, we did know. This was something people were saying about a month after they started a month after they started closing uh, the place down. We actually did have an idea. Now I'm no doctor, but I knew this mask thing wasn't going to do anything. If someone coughed in my face, it was going to get through. Being outside was the best way to not to catch the virus because, and and it works like today w- with other viruses like flu viruses. You're in open air, so it's very hard to catch it. And the sun has a tendency of beating out viruses. Heat, actually, uh, heating the body actually kills virus. So we did know this. And we also knew that the six feet social distancing crap was some just number they picked out of the air. It Six feet, it went to ten feet, then it went down to three feet, then it went down to two feet. We knew this was garbage, and we knew it really early in the pandemic. People were already talking about it, and I know half my videos are not on YouTube because they've been pulled because I used to say that crap. That's another story altogether. Okay, let's continue on. I've been reflecting on the lack of knowledge thanks to a class I'm co-teaching at Brown University on COVID. We've spent several lectures reliving the first year of the pandemic, discussing the many important choices we had to make under conditions of tremendous uncertainty. She she beats beats that drum. Listen, it wasn't that uncertain. We knew well into the pandemic that less than 1% of the people population was dying. And then we found out a little later the numbers were actually inflated. There wasn't there wasn't tremendous uncertainty if you actually looked at the data. Anyway, continuing, some of these choices turned out better than others. To take an example close to my own work, there is an emerging, if not universal, consensus that schools in the U.S. were closed for too long. The health risks in the in of in school spread were relatively low, whereas the costs to students' well-being and educational progress were high. The latest figures on learning loss are alarming. In the spring of the summer of 2020, we had only glimmers of information. Reasonable people, people who cared about children and teachers, advocated on both sides of reopening the debate. All the things she's talking about were talked about three months after the pandemic. Now, there was talks. This was supposed to be 15 days to slow the spread. With kids not going to school, we were all complaining. Josie has kids. My daughter has kids. I've got grandkids on both sides. We knew that this was going to be very difficult if it was one thing to let the kids out of school early, which is what happened. I think the kids got out in April and they didn't have to go back into school. They usually get out in June. And then it would be, okay, that's fine. They just get a longer summer. But then they closed the schools the next year. And we thought, this isn't going to work. What are they learning? And then we saw what the kids were doing. We knew that year that this was going to be a disaster. And we complained. They didn't care. Another example, when the vaccines came out, we lacked definitive data on the relative 
efficacies of the Johnson & Johnson shot versus the mRNA options from the Pfizer and Moderna. The mRNA vaccines have won out, but at the time, many people in the public health were either neutral or expressed a J&J preference. This misstep wasn't nefarious. It was the result of uncertainty. Wasn't nefarious? The president of international sales for uh, Pfizer just two weeks ago said the vaccines were never tested. They didn't have any, they lied about the efficacy of the vaccines. The government lied about the efficacies of the vaccines. They're still lying about the efficacies of the vaccines. They lied about the side effects of the vaccines. They lied about the dangers of COVID. They lied about everything. What do you mean not nefarious? It couldn't get any more nefarious. Continuing. Obviously, some people intended to mislead and made widely irresponsible claims. Remember when the public health community had to spend a lot of time and resources urging Americans not to inject themselves with bleach? That was bad. Misinformation was and remains a huge problem, but most errors were made by the pe- by people who were working in earnest for the great the good society. Okay, first off, no, no one actually said you should inject yourself with bleach. That's a, a quote misquote that President Trump said. They're pointing that out. And by the way, that is not the only piece of misinformation you're talking quote misinformation end quote because it turns out most of the quote misinformation end quote is actually on your side of the aisle, not on our side of the aisle. For example, ivermectin is horse is a horse drug. Ivermectin has been treating human beings for centru- for almost a se- over a century. But you know, Joe Rogan takes it because he wants to get rid of uh, COVID, and suddenly it's misinformation, and he's banned, and it's all terrible and awful, and we're all gonna die, kind of thing. What a just what a crappy statement. Okay, continuing, given the amount of uncertainty, almost every position was taken on every topic, and on every topic, someone was eventually proved right. Yes, all those conspiracy theories we were accused of turned out pretty much to be correct, almost every one of them. And someone else was proved wrong. Yes, you guys who are forcing us to wear masks, forcing us to separate 10 feet, not allowing us into restaurants kicking us out of restaurants, arresting us for not wearing masks, firing us for uh, not getting the shot. Yeah, you guys were wrong about all of it. In some instances, the right people were right for the wrong reasons. Now, there you go. So we were wrong for the wrong reasons? So ivermectin saying ivermectin is, is, we were right to say you can take ivermectin? What's the wrong reason? How How can you be right for the wrong reasons? That doesn't even make sense. In other instances, they had precedent, prescient understanding of the available information. The people who got it right for whatever reason may want to gloat. Some who got it wrong for whatever reason may feel defensive and retrench into a position that doesn't accord with all the facts. All of this gloating and defensiveness continues to gobble up a lot of social energy and to drive a culture and drive the culture wars, especially on the internet. These discussions are heated, unpleasant, and ultimately unproductive. In the face of much uncertainty, getting something right had a hefty element of luck. No, it didn't. It had a hefty element of 
common sense. I mean, let's face it, we've been getting viruses our entire lives. I get a, I get a virus or two every year, and it always goes away the same way, including COVID. COVID was worse, I will admit. The first time I got it, it was far worse than any flu I ever had, but I did the same things to get rid of it. And similarly, getting something wrong wasn't a moral failing. Treating the pandemic choices as a scorecard on which some people racked up more points than others is preventing us from moving forward. I, I it, There's so much here. I mean, getting anything right is not lucky. If you were right, you use common sense, you figured it out. There wasn't heated and unpleasant conversations. People's lives were ruined here. If they didn't po- tow the party line that these idiots in Washington pushed. We were censored. We were, some of us were even fired. I was yelled at several times because I wouldn't wear my mask while I was outside. I was yelled at in the street because I wasn't wearing a mask while I was running alone in the street. Don't tell me overheated and unpleasant conversations. My freaking ass. We were, we were harassed. Okay, let's get to it. We have to, I'm already late. We have to put these fights aside and declare pandemic amnesty. And we don't have to do a damn thing like that. Uh, we can leave out the willful purveyors of actual misinformation while forgiving the hard calls that people had no choice but to make with imperfect knowledge. Los Angeles County closes beaches in the summer of 2020. They were arresting people on the beach in the summer of 2020. In 90-degree heat, they were arresting people on the beach because the beaches were closed. Uh, ex post facto, this makes more se- no more sense to my families being masked by- on hiking trips. But we need to learn from our mistakes and let them go. We need to forgive the attacks, too. Because I thought schools should reopen and argue that the kids, as a group, were not at high risk. I was called a teacher killer or a genocidaire. It wasn't pleasant. But feelings were high, and I certainly don't need to dissect and rehash that time, uh, hash that time for the rest of my days. I call BS here. She sounds like the person that would have wanted to keep the schools closed. So I'm going to call BS on that. So let's finish this article. Moving on is is crucial now because the pandemic created many problems that we still need to solve. Student test scores have shown historic declines, more in math than in reading, and more for students who were disadvantaged at the start. The need to collect data, experiment, and invest in high-dosage tutoring more or less cost-effective than extended school years? Why have some states recovered faster than others? Because they opened up! And we've been saying the kids need to go to school for two reasons. One, they need to be in school. And two, because we've been seeing what they're being taught. They're not learning anything over a computer screen. (laughs) Why are some states recovering faster than others? Come on. Texas and Florida have been open for open a year and a half before anybody else opened. Gee, I wonder why their students are doing better. We should focus on questions like these. We don't need to focus on questions like these. We know the answers. Because answering them is how we help our children recover. 
Many people have neglected their health care over the past several years, notably routine vaccination rates for children, measles, petrosis, whatever that word is, etc., are way down. Rather than debating the role of, because you wouldn't let people go to doctor's offices, you wouldn't let people go to hospitals. Rather than debating the role that messaging about COVID vaccines had had in this decline, we need to put all our energy into bringing these rates back up. People don't want it because it doesn't work. Pediatricians and health public health officials will need to work together on community outreach, and politicians will need to consider school mandates. Oh boy, more mandates. The standard saying is that those who forget history are doomed to repeat it, but dwelling on the mistake of history can lead to repetitive doom loop as well. Let's acknowledge that we had made complicated choices in the deep face of uncertainty and then try to work together to build back and move forward. So basically, we should grant these idiots amnesty, forgive them for all their BS they put us through. They lied to us over the past two years. And we should just move on. We're a happy family. So let's see. Let, 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 let's, let's recount the last couple of years. And this is a short list. But old people were left to die alone in old folks' homes. We were not allowed to hold any funerals for our family members. We were not allowed to have any gatherings uh, during holidays. As a matter of fact, in certain countries like Canada, in Europe, in Australia, you were you could be arrested. People were fired for not getting vaxxed. Children were kept out of school for two years, erasing basically two decades of math and reading progress. Children ended up with myocarditis because of the vaccine. Two-year-olds were forced to wear masks. People lost their businesses. Churches were closed. We were being censored on social media. People were arrested for not wearing masks. People couldn't see their families. You go to New Zealand and you go to New Zealand, there was a guy stuck in Australia for two years because he couldn't go back home to to New Zealand. He couldn't see his wife for two years. Speaking of New Zealand, New Zealand and China... We're actually setting up concentration camps for the, to imprison those that were COVID positive with no shot at, at having any idea when they were going to get out. And then let's remember this small piece of propaganda. This was pushed by people like Jimmy Kimmel, and this is only one example of what they were talking about. Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU bed. That choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. You're, that's, I mean, we, that's right. They wanted us to die. Now... They found out everything they were pushing was wrong and they are now pushing for amnesty. We should just forget it. I also want to point out one thing. In that article, did you notice something was missing? They all want forgiveness. They don't say forgiveness, but they want forgiveness. But did you hear an apology? Don't you have to, I don't know, 
kind of apologize for being assholes before you get forgiven? That's what seems to be missing from this article. So, amnesty to the people that have been peddling misinformation about COVID? Our government that's been peddling misinformation about COVID? About um, uh, the pharmaceutical companies pushing misinformation about their vaccines? F you. They'll get forgiveness when I see people get prosecuted and sent to jail over this whole damn thing. Okay, I hope you have a great day. I'm sorry I ended up on a negative. I did not want to miss this article. I needed to talk about this article. I'm watching Joe. I think you notice I'm really late today. Uh, I'm watching Joe Biden's speech right now. And oh my God, this guy. I swear to you, this guy is such a jerk off. Okay, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>